This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 3. Will you run dry before you die? Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious. Be stable. Be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Welcome, everybody. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast. We're so glad to have you with us on the ride here. Uh, With me in the studio this morning is Katrina Willis. Welcome, Katrina. Hi. And we also have Holly Bach, one of our advisors here with us at Lake Growth. Hey, Holly. Hi, Mark. Welcome, everyone. Right. We are diving into part three of our kind of three-part initial series, kind of just laying the, the, the groundwork for where we'll be heading in future episodes. This one, I think, probably could be seen as the biggest threat to your financial future. Will you run dry before you die? I get the picture. Uh, there's, a, there's a funny joke uh, that I'll try to give on air. I don't know if I've ever told this joke before, so it could land flat. Are you guys ready? Uh-oh. <laughs> All right. So a guy uh, has a genie, and he's, and he's wishing in, uh, to, for this genie to give him you know, one wish, and the genie is willing to do one wish for this guy. And uh, he says he, he, he wishes that his wife was 25 years younger. Because he's an older guy and he wants his wife to be 25 years younger than he is. And so the genie says, your wish is my command. And there's a big poof of smoke. And all of a sudden the guy looks around and he's like 25 years older. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, wait a minute. So that that kind of leads us into the problem of longevity. Is there something you want to tell me? (laughs) (laughs) So according to a Limra, I have a genie. Uh, No. Uh, According to a LIMRA Secure Retirement Institute study, so LIMRA is, you know, a retirement um, institute. They look at uh, kind of the status and um, security of where people are with their money. Uh, And they're doing a study and they say that there's a better than 60% chance that you or your spouse will live to age 93. And uh, according to the Social Security Administration, 25% of people who are turning 65 this year will make it to age, well, actually past age 90. So one in four of us will live past age 90 if we're already 65 years old. And one in 10 of us will live past age 95. And here's the kit, uh, the catch here. Most financial planners base their projections on how much money you'll need to live on uh, to make it to age 85 or so. So that's usually when Monte Carlo situations run out. And, you know, if you make it if you live past age 85, there's a higher and higher probability that your assets that the financial planner is su- supposedly watching out for will run out. So who here has ever seen, you know, a, a Walmart greeter in their what looks like their 80s, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's what we're talking about here. Holly, what, what are your thoughts as you read over these stats? Yeah, I mean, I think the big question that you have to ask yourself is how long do you plan on living? <laughs> And then ask yourself, are you planning appropriately for that age? Um, Which obviously none of us know today how long we're going to live. I mean, there's always the unexpected that could cut your life short. But then there's also, I mean, these these statistics living till 90, 95 are for people that are already in their 60s. And um, for those of us that haven't made it even quite that far yet, I mean, what are the statistics going to be when 
we're turning 60 as to how far we're going to live. And um, so I think those are important things to be thinking about. You know, how how long do you think you're going to live? Um, and sometimes I'll even talk to people and they're basing it off their parents. And I think that's really interesting. Like everyone seems to look at how long their parents live and then they think that's an accurate representation of how long they'll live. But we're not taking these generational aspects into account. And the fact that, well, you'll probably outlive your parents, you know, based upon what we've been seeing with trends and things like that. And so people are like, oh, well, you know, both my parents, they were they were healthy. They, you know, but the, even they still kind of like passed away in their 80s. So I'll probably pass away in my 80s. And you kind of have to stop and think about that for a second. Well, why do you think you're just going to magically, not magically, but you know, how do you, why do you think you're just going to, you know, pass away when you're 80 just because your parents did? You know, what if you keep going? Like your parents were healthy, you probably have good genes and you're healthy right now sitting here in front of me. So, um, you know, what are you basing that off mm-hmm. of? Um, and so, you know, maybe they'll be one of those people that kind of falls into this group of they were planning for 85, but then live till 90. And it may not sound like that much, right? You think, oh, well, that's pretty easy. Five years, I can overcome that. I can pivot. I can adjust, scrape up an extra five years somewhere. But no. <laughs> right. You're not <laughs> you know? working. Yeah. 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 And, and it's medical care that's costing the arm, arm and a leg, right? Yeah, absolutely. And But then multiply that out. I mean, how much do you want to have coming in each year in retirement? And so let's just say, you know, 100000 is going to cover your, your expenses, also give you a nice lifestyle in retirement. Five extra years is an extra $500,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we're not just talking an extra, oh, yeah, well, I'll just trim down a little bit in my, you know, when I turn 80 and I'm thinking, oh, okay, I, I might make it a little longer. So I'll start taking a little less. We're talking like cutting in half or a fourth to mm-hmm. buy you that mm-hmm. extra time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, like because of med- medical costs and things like that, one of you probably least able to start cutting into your lifestyle, cutting into, um, thing, you know, cut back on how much you're, you're earning and, and spending then in your later years. Yeah. I mean, that that's, I feel like due to medical costs going to be one of the hardest points in your life when you could. Well, and you bring up some great points and the bell curve of retirement, most people don't think about this. They think they need an even 100,000 or whatever per year for 30 years. Yeah. But the, the, the real issue is people start by spending a lot because they're going on the vacations they never did while they were working. And then there's this kind of slow decline because they start to realize that inflation is eating away at their money and they have mm-hmm. to hold on to it really tight. And then it's those last couple of years when they're in the nursing home that just blows up all of their estate plans and their legacy that they hope to leave their kids. And they end up on Medicaid in a, a nursing home you wouldn't want to, you know, spend an afternoon in, much less five years. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even talk about inflation <laughs> with with these numbers. I mean, this is just living longer, not to mention that means inflation's in play longer, eating into your money longer, which, I mean, it, it is already an issue when people retire at 60 and then inflation's eating into what they think they could take out reasonably each and every year until they were 80. And so then that's you know, how 20 years of inflation eating into it. And then that's just going to be prolonged even longer as well. It's just a compounding problem. So we've been making the case in these first few episodes of one, Wall Street is at least rigged. Two, we're no longer saving, whether it's inside a savings account, a shoebox or a mutual fund. So that compounds those two things are, are like nitro and glycerin working in against us. And then the the third, and I think maybe the third leg on the stool is, 
we're we're going to have to spend this money that we don't have and we don't have saved or has been taken from us from Wall Street and we've got to let, make it last for 40 years not 25 and the the big catch here is the longer you live the more exposed you are to every other risk every mm-hmm. other risk whether it's investment r- volatility interest mm-hmm. rate risk public policy taxation right sequence of returns all the outside world stuff. Well, what about the rising cost of living? The more you're living, the more you're exposed to that problem of costing more to keep breathing. Not to mention the long-term care costs, medical needs, the the needs of other family members, divorce, theft. Shoot, the longer you're alive, the more likely someone's going to come rob you, (laughs) right? Statistically speaking. So that's just the start, but but that's the biggest, weirdest risk is just the risk of breathing oxygen. All right, Katrina, I see you, you got an idea. On the your risk mind. of breathing oxygen? Yes, we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're making it just uh, as Going obvious as overboard. possible. Well, I was thinking about what you were saying, Holly, regarding the parents living to a certain age and the expectation to live to that age. And I was thinking about my grandparents and their story about their parents living into their 70s. And my grandpa got into his 70s and he was like, okay, this is it. Mm -hmm. I'm done. And (laughs) he passed that age that his dad died and he's still alive. He's like, wait a second. (laughs) I'm still here. And he just, he was like, I'm going to die any minute. And the next year came, I'm still here. You know, and now they're well into their 80s. And every time I see them, I remind them that 85 is the new middle age. That's a great <laughs> statement. Why do you say that, Katrina? What's, what's, uh, what does that do to the mind when you say that? Well, it's the truth. I mean, if you look at the insurance tables, they're writing out, you know, to 121. Um, we are living longer than our parents. If you look at Social Security and all of the, the pieces that were put into place with FDR, those were come to call it 65. The reason they set that up was so that they could bank, you know, people were dying at 60, 63. 63. Yeah, that was the average lifespan. So the government was walking away at 65 with all the the cash. Mm -hmm. And that was the plan, smart planning on the government's part. (laughs) But now 85 is the new middle age. People are running out of money and they're getting to the point where they're making friends with death way too early because they can't live their lives because they're not saving and then they end up in these situations. So anyway, yeah, they're they're vital. My grandparents are still vital. They're they're in their middle age and they're having a lot of fun. You get you get one shot at this, audience. You get one shot at having the right magic number when you decide not to keep earning an income. And it's not like when you're 93 years old, you can go find yourself a, a six-figure salary somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're running dry uh, of your savings and you still are healthy as a horse, but you know, you, you realize that you're in your mid-90s now and you're going to go another 15, 20 years maybe or 30 years, like Katrina mentioned. Where are you going to get the money? Right. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating to see the bell curve of income generation and the peak and then the fall off. And right now, from what I can see, it seems like people make the most money between ages 35 and 55. And then after that, they start to make less income. And when you get past that point, you have to really think about, okay, where's my cash flow coming from? Because it's it's unlikely from a demographic research standpoint that it's going to be income. 
Mm-hmm. No matter how many beliefs you have about never retiring or any of these things, it's just the nature of um, aging and growing. So we have to deal with that on a real level. You know, we can't pretend it's not happening or put our fingers in our ears and sing la, 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 la. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this issue of longevity or longevity risk is one of, I don't know what it is, but something about it, it's either like it seems so abstract or it's just kind of a little bit harder for you to wrap your brain around. So it kind of makes it seem trivial in a way. And and I've gotten caught up in that before where you'll be talking about different different problems, you know, like, okay, well, Wall Street, that's a huge problem. They're taking all my money. I'm losing all my money like every couple of years. Like that's a huge problem. It's real. You feel it now. Mm-hmm. Or like the savings problem we talked about. I'm not saving enough, so I don't have enough money to go and, you know, buy my self a new car or fix my car when it happens. Um, So you can feel it now, whereas longevity, that's a problem we're not going to feel until we get there, you know? And so I think it's really easy to kind of ignore or maybe downplay. Um, But like you said, Mark, at the very beginning, it really could very well be the biggest risk you'll ever face. And I think it's hard to communicate that. And it's hard to make people feel that now because they're not there yet. Um, But and so maybe that's why, you know, people don't talk about it as much. Maybe that's why you don't necessarily hear these statistics and traditional planners are still just trying to make you to 85 because um, or make sure you get to 85 because, why, why not? Right, <laughs> you well, know, like when you'll be okay better. with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. the numbers look better and you're not going to call them out on it because you don't know any better um, and things like that. So right. um, I, I just kind of wanted to share that because I think when, when you know, we can sit here and blab about longevity and living too long. Um, and I think it's easy for you to just kind of like disconnect. And again, That's right. I've done this myself. Like I'll hear someone talking about longevity risk and I tune out because I'm young <laughs> mm-hmm. and um, or at least I'm, I'm not there yet. And so I'm just like, oh, well, I'll deal with that when I get there. But it maybe even going back to yeah. saving a little bit. I mean, it's all about starting now to prevent that. Later. You know, there's a there's a great um, mobile phone app. You can take a photo of yourself and then there's a filter that makes you look really old. <laughs> and I think there's got to be something to that. If you just look at yourself every day as an old person, I wonder if you'd save more. Who knows? <laughs> All right. So this is this is some heavy stuff we're dealing with. Of course, the first three episodes, if we haven't lost our audience by now, we'll, we'll certainly, hopefully, um, guys, hang on because uh, there are a lot of problems. It might seem hopeless. Uh, so Holly, why the heck are we talking about this? Why is, why is this you know, why is this important enough to sit in the studio today and, and really expound on the problem? You know, what is it that we're hoping to do here? Yeah, I mean, I think it all just is, why are we talking about these things? Why are we mentioning these problems? The, you know, three big ones you've mentioned, and quite frankly, everyone, that's not all the problems there are. <laughs> these are just kind of three big ones that we identified that, um, you know, people are facing today. And the reason we want to talk about them is because no one else is. No one else is talking about these things. No one else is talking about the actual return that the stock market has done over the last 30 years um, rather than the the average because the average is a lot prettier than what that actual return has been when you account for fees and um, inflation and things like that. And so no one's talking about that. No one's talking about the fact that people aren't saving and people are, are, are like wallowing in this liquidity problem where every time they they, they – have a flat tire, they're having to take a 401k loan. Mm -hmm. Like, 
yikes, <laughs> you know, we, we can't cover our flat tires because we're, we're not saving and we don't have liquidity. And then obviously, like we just were talking about two seconds ago, longevity. I mean, people aren't talking about that either and how people are living longer. Maybe it is because it pads the numbers up a little bit. I mean, if you're only extrapolating income having to last till 85, then that's those are some prettier numbers than if you have to stretch it those extra 10 years to 95 or, or further. So it's great if you're trying to be a financial advisor and take care of their money for them. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. I can show you. It can, it can last you. You can take so much income. Yeah. But anyway, so, you know, why are we talking about this? Because no one else is. And quite frankly, you know, how can you face problems and defeat problems you don't know ever existed? Um, and so the whole point of this is to bring the problems to you now, make you aware of them, kind of spread awareness. So so that you can do something about it now rather than getting there or you know waiting until the flat tire you know to to do something about it or waiting until you know god forbid you're 85 and out of money you know you ran dry before you passed away before you died and so um that's that's why we're doing it that's why we're talking about this mm-hmm. and and i would say that our theory our working theory is that we need a uh, we need to be able to think different about money and there is, there is a financial megaphone. Uh, there's a blast of financial information coming at you all times, you know, from lots of different angles. But our belief is that, you know, if you want to be average, you're going to listen to all that financial noise. And we've talked about, we've been describing in the first three episodes what average looks like. But if you want to be weird and, you know, uh, if you want to be weird, which might mean financially sane, financially at peace, think different than the average. And reassess your relationship with money. Reassess your relationship with you know, your finances. Let me ask you a question. If we give you the knowledge and we try our best to motivate you to change, what are you going to do with it? Uh, we've, we've talked a little bit about why we're doing this podcast. And, and I believe it's really just to let you know that you have some options here. I mean, truly, guys, where is it written? that we have to put all of our money into things we can't control or that we have to roll through life, letting banks just suck us dry, you know, taking a third of our paycheck before we can even use it or the government taking our taxes before we can even use it uh, or that we have to spend 60 hours a week, never seeing our spouses, never seeing our kids working at the, uh, at the office 60 hours a week and uh, never having a chance to, to enjoy the life that we're working so hard for. So many people have a giant mortgage, but never get to enjoy a minute in their houses because they're they're working like slaves for the for the mortgage bank, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why we're doing what we're doing. We're hoping here that we can help you think weird. We hope that we can help you uh, become not average. So uh, a bit about why we're doing this. Uh, we're talking about the problem. This doesn't have to be your reality. So again, you 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 know us as uh, the financial advisors and hosts of this podcast. Um, but I'd love to hear from each of us. Why, why are we having this conversation? What's important about this podcast to each of you guys? Yeah, so uh, I am a financial advisor, as we've talked about before. And um, really, the whole reason that I wanted to do this podcast kind of goes back to what I just said a couple minutes ago, where I feel like there's a lot of financial information out there. There's a lot of financial talking heads. There's a lot of people that are they're talking but they're, it feels like they're just talking and you can listen to people on the radio, people on TV, and you literally can listen to them for 30 minutes and walk away and think, what did they just say? You know, and it feels like they said nothing. They said nothing. They, they, they 
blabbed about this and that, and they filled space and mm-hmm. time, and that was it. And not really talking about anything tangible, anything that you could actually walk away having learned something from or actually being able to apply to your life. And so there's a there's a mass quantity of information out there, but very, very little like quality to financial advice and financial information out there. And so I really just want to do this podcast so that we can bring real tangible solutions to people that they can act on, not just today, tomorrow, but you know, also in, in coming years um, that will actually help them better their financial situation because you know we could sit up here and talk about um, all sorts of things in the economy and where we see this going and that going and oh my goodness, what's going on over there and in China, North Korea, you know, we could get into those conversations, but how does that actually help, you know, the average person on the street become any better in their financial life? Not at all. Mm-hmm. Not a bit. And so um, I want our financial ca- uh, podcast to be something that's not your average. It's different. We're going to be talking about different things. And hopefully with that, it's going to be a lot more valuable and actually bring people um, real things that they can implement, you know, today in their lives to make it better. Yeah, I love what you're saying about the financial entertainers like Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman and even the people on the morning shows that keep saying the same thing. They've said the same thing for the last 10, 10 20 years. Um, Look where it got us. And we're, <laughs> we're stinking bad mm-hmm. in the United States of America at financial stuff. So I'm excited to hear where we go with this. I think there's a lot of uh, conversations and threads as we think different. Um, and we're even open to thinking different. We're continually learning and changing. And we want to see uh, the best outcomes possible for all of us as we live our entire lives, as long as they may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe out to 121. There you go. <laughs> and everything we do here uh, and with our financial firm uh, provides clients with certainty, confidence to meet their financial milestones without going through a bunch of unnecessary risks. And uh, one other thing that has really caught my attention is what does it take, what's it going to take to help change the conversation at a national level? How can we get the entire country to step away from mega banks, Wall Street, and the tyranny of um, taxes. You know, what if we could bring at least 10% of the American population away from the precipice of financial insanity? What would that change about the financial household of the average person, right? If we can all be not the average American, maybe we can change what average means. So with that, I'll uh, wrap it up here for today. And again, this has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. We'll see you next time. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.